Welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. Each week on our show, we choose a theme, bringing you different kinds of stories on that theme. This week, Splargs. That was excellent. <laughs> it's a very it's a, it's a good Ira Glass mm. from This American Life. We should. I have to. I have to get my Ira Glass impression down to friendo the show. Mine's a little bit more sort of sort of nasally. Yeah, you're right. This week in our show, we chose a theme. Bringing you different kinds of stories on that theme. It's an A. It's a story about life. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's easy. And we're going to go to three different places. We're going to meet three different people. And it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And it's going to be good. Today on our show, from Chicago Public Radio, it's me, Ari Glass, Cis American Life. Stay with us. Um, so this is episode number... 35. We're talking 35. Robert Harvey, former <laughs> captain of the St. Kilda Saints in the 1990s. Yeah. And we're talking Patrick Dangerfield, mm. current star of the Geelong Football Club. That's 35. Throwing in some Australian Football League references today. To nice one. Mix it up a bit. Yeah, good idea. And uh, of course, Peter the Magician Dikos. Let's not rem- let's not forget how him. Did you, how did how did you know? I can't, I can't believe you knew that. I didn't. I just looked, did the same thing as you and looked it up. Oh, okay. I was going to say it's going to because that because that's the only reason I know it's because yeah. I looked it up as well. And I'm like, what? How the hell does John like? Since when's John a massive Collingwood supporter? Yeah, not not uh, not on the cards for me. Becoming a, <laughs> becoming a pieman, but um. Uh, but I do know who that is, and I do, and of yeah. course I know who Dangerfield is. He's a big deal. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's up there with he's up there with Wayne Wiedemann or um, <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Wiedemann or Mark what, Rusciuto. What number is what? What Wiedemann had a high number as well. Did I'm he? Just having a look, how long we have to wait until we can do the Wayne <laughs> Wiedemann intro? We'll have to put. I'll have to put the feelers out to his Was. agent ASAP. Oh, I think we might have missed him. He was 33. We'll, oh. have, to, we'll have to go back. Yeah. Hey, guys, remember Ooh. episode 33? That was dedicated to Wayne <laughs> Weed Weedeman. <laughs> Wayne, Wayne the Weed Weedeman. Weed. Beautiful memories and an excellent haircut as well. Yeah, he had like and, a uh, kind of real classic, <laughs> real classic mullet. And it wasn't, probably wasn't one of those kind of meta ironic mullets that they all fucking have now. It's just like this I think this looks good because I'm Wayne Wiedemann. I feel like you've just touched on something that I want to touch on. I'm wondering if it's the kind of thing that needs more research or if we could have a little bit of a splag around with it. Mm, let's give it a go. I know you've got feelings about it. So last year when I was in Australia, I was watching a lot of games of Australian rules football mm-hmm. and I noticed that a lot of the players were styled with mullets and mm. moustaches that looked like they would be more appropriate on <laughs> AFL players of the 1980s. Yeah. And it struck me that unlike the players of the 1980s, it wasn't a kind of honest yeah. look yeah. of... This is just the fashion of the day. 
Yeah, it wasn't like a like a sincerity thing where it was. Yeah, yeah, this is the fashion of the day, and I genuinely think I look mm. cool. Mm. It was the sense that I got was that everybody was doing it ironically. But yeah, that, we, that we've almost entered this phase now where you can just do things ironically and nobody even needs to talk about the fact that you're doing it ironically. It's just under, like, I feel like I remember who was it? I remember Tex Walker, yeah. the captain of the Adelaide Crows. He, I think grew, I think he grew, I can't remember if it was a mustache or a mullet, but he for a time was sort of doing it as a thing. And he, yeah. I think he announced it. He was like, I'm just going to grow a stupid haircut and look like my dad. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember the time thinking, that's kind of unusual to be playing on a professional sporting team that's paying you hundreds of thousands of dollars and you can just mm. have a, you can just present yourself ironically. But okay, I mean, it's just footy. You're just chasing around a, yeah. a sphere filled with air and trying to get it through a couple <laughs> of sticks. It's not really that important. So, you know, yeah. do what you want. As long as, you keep, as long as you keep hitting it between the, the goalposts. And now when I watch Australian Rules football and I look at, all those boys on the field, I feel like I'm looking at a fancy dress party where the theme <laughs> is 80s Australian bogan. Yeah. But nobody's talking about it. Yeah. Nobody goes, like, I feel like if I was to go up to one of those players and go, you look ridiculous. Yeah. They'd, they'd then go, well, yeah, obviously, like, it's a joke. And yeah. I'm like, but... It seems to have crossed some sort of weird threshold. Like, how can it be a joke? Yeah, if everybody's doing it. Yeah, it's, it's true. not just you. It's so weird. And it's it's um, it's a bit like that joke that Arj Barker used to have, where he said, "Like, I keep going to seventies theme parties every weekend, <laughs> and if you just do that every weekend, then it's just the seventies, and that's not cool." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then because if everyone does it, then you create an actual fashion. And, yeah. you know, rather than like defying fashion for the sake of irony or making a statement or being funny or ironic, you're just kind of living up to a standard. And uh, that's, I feel like that's what's happened now. I mean, if I walk around Carlton, there's lots of that sort of faux mullets and shit. I went to get a haircut the other day and the guy ahead of me was getting a haircut, which 10 years ago would have been seen as a joke haircut, but he's just yeah. gotten it because like, so many people have done that. It's like that's just a legitimate choice now. It's a bit like what happened with Eurovision, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I agree. Where everyone's like, it's- let's watch this because it's fun and stupid. And then too many people did that for too long. And now when I say to people, yeah, but it's really stupid, they go, no, <laughs> it's good. It's great. I'm like, oh, no. You've, 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 you've kind of... You've pressed the irony button too many times and it's worn out. Yeah, this is the thing. Mm. You know, the other thing is I feel like, I feel like this, so first of all, I'm I'm willing to, like, I, I could be wrong. I'm willing to accept that people are doing it sincerely. And if mm. I was to say, because I haven't asked them, mm. I haven't asked the Malatid AFL players. <laughs> and maybe if I asked them and I said, is this ironic? Is it a joke? Yeah. Maybe they'd actually, maybe they'd actually say, no, I actually like genuinely think this looks cool now yeah i don't really think that's the case i think it is a kind of ironic thing and i would argue that a place like australia yeah australia has a kind of relationship with irony Mm. that i think is quite unique i can pick Mm. australians on the on the street in berlin people from melbourne because Mm. they are dressed like their dads Mm. in, in an ironic way it's really easy to pick 
they 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 have moustaches and mm. they're too young to have. They're sort of they look like Bum, older men. Bum fluff. They're dressing moustaches. like they've got bum fluff moustaches and they've got kind of choppy mullets. Yeah, and it's interesting because I I bet they a lot of the time would just think this is how people dress in Berlin and it's kind of a normcore thing. But it's interesting that even though yeah. Berliners might do something that's related in some ways, it's not the same. Like you could wear chunky, shit-looking sneakers, but, you know, in a, you're still kind of doing things to make yourself look actually cool. I'd, I'd, like, to ask, I'd like to ask our listeners to write in if, there is another, if there's another sporting league mm. outside of Australia – Maybe even outside of maybe it's an AFL thing. I don't know what they're doing in the NRL. In the NRL, I don't think there's another sporting league on earth where men are styled like that. I think it's mm. uniquely Australian, which is quite interesting. Yeah, like, I think you you could find pockets of that mullet haircut around the place. Yeah, but I think that that the AFL and Australia and that kind of that nouveau mullet look. Mm. I reckon it's unique to Australia. Yeah, that's interesting. I never thought about it. Yeah, I'm talking. I'm talking about Australian men mm. styling themselves to look like Australian men from the 1980s. Mm. They're trying to look like Australian men did in, like it's a sort of vision of Australian masculinity in the 1980s is what's going on. Yeah, it's true. It is peculiar, uh, like solo commercials. It's kind of our take on on normcore or on sort of deliberate dagginess almost because that was seen, yeah. seen as the height of kind of naff a few years ago. Yeah. I and I and I sort of think my um cuz I like to look at things through a darwinian lens as you know. Yes. I think the from a kind of evolutionary biology perspective what's or evolutionary sociological perspective it's partly about saying I'm so confident in my appearance and or, or in my charm or whatever that yeah. that I can deliberately look like shit and and then <laughs> I think people right. people sort of think that's kind of cool and confident because you're like yeah. I don't I don't have to be handsome fuck you I look however I want and I you'll still yeah. you'll still be keen that's very observant John I think that's totally correct I think it is you're saying you're right because if somebody was like really low on the on the kind of social mm. totem pole, mm. they couldn't afford to look like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel like I can because I feel like <laughs> people would as people would assume that I just wasn't looking after myself properly if I had a terrible haircut. <laughs> but if I was a it's fast- if I was a ruckman for the for the Saints, they'd be like, oh, he's probably yeah, he probably knows how to look conventionally handsome, and he's defying it. I hadn't thought of that, John. That is, I'm thinking about it now, and that I think you were 100% on the money there. It's saying my my social status is such that I can do whatever the hell I want. Mm, yeah, and you'll still want to hang out with me. Yeah, so I'm just gonna I'm still funny and deliberate dumb oh, hair. Barry's an AFL player. He earns hundreds of thousands of dollars and yeah. is very talented at football. So he can just look dreadful all the time. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But then it has, yeah, I don't know, maybe it has kind of now crossed over into its own look. 
who knows where this will end? Yeah, I'm sure it has. Mm. Somebody should. Has, has, somebody must have. I keep. Maybe you said this to you as well. Somebody must have written about this. We cannot be the first ones to have observed this. No, no. This is a fascinating Australian-specific social phenomenon that's going on. Mm. We, we've got writers out there in the DPTM community. Mm. Get on this. Write that article. Do a do a. I mean, there's probably a few puff pieces in your in your bloody gawkers and your mamma mias. I want to see some real long-form analysis of this issue. Uh, <laughs> we should. I, I don't know enough about um, AFL footy to know who the main offenders are. I just know that every time I watched a game last mm, year, mm. I just couldn't believe my eyes. I wonder if it'll die out. Often those things... Oh, well, often cha- it'll obviously change at some point. What's going to be next? Or mm. well, they did kind of a few years ago, that, and I think this was more global, there was obviously a... 40s and 50s uh, kick, you know, everyone was, everyone was getting like really tight crew cuts and um, right. that sort of stuff. Maybe I think let's reach further back, see see what, <laughs> try and find out what like the Gauls and the Picts were doing with their hair. <laughs> <laughs> Just using ox blood to, yeah, to, that's to, right. to to dye your hair and <laughs> and slick it back. One of the one of the things that I enjoy about the podcast is, as you know, and as our listeners will know, being able to broadcast my random grievances, and some of them are things that I can't really justify even putting on Facebook because they need to be unpacked a bit to explain what I'm annoyed about. But instead of that, I can just articulate them on this show, and this is in that vein. A couple of days ago, I was on broadsheet i don't know if you're familiar with broadsheet now i I thought isn't that just what they call a newspaper it is what they just call a newspaper but it's become in australia a very influential kind of venue review site okay so previously you would have had to go on TripAdvisor or something like that and there wasn't a lot of okay there wasn't a lot of like it's like australia's yelp or something it's more formal than that it's kind of it's like a it's a site, and I think they used to have a print media version. I don't know if they do bother with that anymore, but it's basically a, a food and entertainment criticism broadsheet, except that okay. I think it kind of is masquerading as that, but actually people are often paying for the content. So it's a sort of, I mean, I've got I've got a bit of an issue with it, already because it kind of provides these very complimentary reviews of bars and restaurants and whatever else because people are often paying, often those venues are paying to have somebody from Broadsheet come out, sample the food or, you know, sample the venue and write a review about it. One of the things it does in, in Melbourne in particular is kind of caters to the deep desire that 
a lot of Melburnians, particularly in the inner north, have to pretend that they live in a borough of New York. And, uh, okay. <laughs> and so it's, you know, there's, there's all this kind of stuff about, oh, yeah, it's the new, like, there's, there's the new, like, there's, the, there's this new bar opening up in a, like, you know, disused warehouse and it's really cool. Yeah. And, and there's this place that's kind of a, you know, diner that serves like toasted sandwiches for $80 a piece, but they're really good. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, initially when I came back to Melbourne, it was just finding its feet and now it's huge. And basically if you want to run a venue in Australia, I think particularly in Melbourne, but in, in Adelaide too, for example, I know it's basically essential to have a broadsheet review because otherwise people okay. won't really know what you're about or whether you're good. It's like the golden, the stamp of approval from... Yeah, for, for certainly for like young, cool people. Status approved of this venue. That's right, exactly. Otherwise it would kind of... Cool stamp. If you didn't, if I if I went to went past a bar that I'd never seen before and I looked at, I Googled it and all it had was like a Yelp review or a TripAdvisor review and no broadsheet review, I'd go, mm, this probably is not cool. It's probably a, a bit under the radar or a bit lame. Anyway, I was on there a couple of days ago and and I noticed I noticed a phenomenon which I'd like to talk you through. Okay. So I saw this um headline, broadsheet headline, right? A couple of days ago. Because I'm a sucker for it, even though it gives me the shit, so I go on there to see whether a place that I'm considering going to or a a street. Do they have cronuts? Yeah, exactly. Do they do they have cronuts or katsu sandos or <laughs> or whatever like whatever the latest kind of reinvention of the sandwich that everyone's willing to pay a premium for is? Uh, and it said a new online outlet store just launched and it's slinging major discounts on top fashion labels. And I thought, why would you use the word slinging there? Like. It's a strange term to use as a verb. It's not a term that I've ever heard Australian people really using. Like if somebody came up to me and said, oh, I just went to this um, dress shop and they're slinging really nice dresses. I'd be like, I, don't, I think you've misunderstood that word or, or you've, you've decided that it's in common parlance when it's actually not. And I thought, and I thought that seems like a very broadsheety word to use because like I said it kind of invokes this uh, association with American hipster culture that uh, appeals to the readers of broadsheet so I conducted an experiment and went on to the broadsheet website okay and I discovered a trend just let me read you a few examples this is from the 3rd of November 2021 okay it says Will Street, the much-anticipated restaurant and bar from Will Merrick, opens in Leaderville. The 120-seat space features bold flavours from throughout Southeast Asia, sharp service, and a bar slinging spice-friendly wines, cocktails, and beers. Okay, I continued reading through. This one's from uh, the 12th of January, 2021. Trouble in Dreams. This surreal bar plays homage to the world's great cocktails and their inventors. It's by Pie Thief's Aaron Donato and cocktail book author Chad Parkhill. They've created a tiny 25-seat speakeasy and natural wine spot, slinging eclectic wines, <laughs> highly original cocktails and more. 
Uh, and this one's from uh, 19th of October 2017, so a little while back because I was tracing this through. Right. Open now, Maryvale and Pinbone's pasta-slinging disco diner. <laughs> this is an undated entry. Gorilla Grill, a family operation slinging Asian-skewed tacos, ribs, and burgers. This one's wow. from Perth, uh, Perth edition of Broadsheet from the 6th of July this year. Delhi's Continental, a pop-up slinging one of Perth's best Conti rolls, is opening a permanent deli in Inglewood. This one's from uh, the 12th of August this year. Speaking of carb-on-carb combinations, Capitano, which is just up the road from me, is slinging a carbonara pizza with pecorino, (laughs) mozzarella, guanciale, and egg yolk and more pecorino. I'm not sure if I pronounced guanciale correctly there. Broadsheet's uh, Twitter from 2018 said this, now, o- now open a CBD laneway bar slinging rare liqueur and classic Italian <laughs> bites. So I've just... That's just, amazing. It's amazing. That's, that- a very, it's a, that's a very impressive amount of research that you've done as well, John, and also <laughs> that, you, that, you, that you saw the word mm. and you thought, I'm going to look in. I feel like I'm, I've just watched a well-researched episode of Media Watch. <laughs> It was. It's. It's because I kind of knew. Well, they have this tendency to use language, which is actually quite inauthentic in an Australian context. But it's you know it's about kind of convincing people that they live in a cool city, so they yeah. you know oh we're slinging tacos like well you're just selling yeah. food you know it's just not <laughs> not that exciting because I, because I guess slinging suggests that it's kind of it's kind of. Busy, but also like casual and yeah. fun. It sort of suggests a certain yeah. atmosphere, doesn't it? It's exactly. not up, it's not like uptight or or ultra formal. Yeah, it's kind of everyone's like working hard and they're just getting the food out to exactly. you as quick as they can. But yeah. it's good. It's a it's a real sling. Yeah, the re- exactly. They just they just sling and hash, and it, but it's good quality, <laughs> uh, and, it's, and it's gonna cripple you financially, but. They're slinging it. Um, and and uh, it's also this kind of, I don't know, well, I, f- I find it I didn't it sort expect of... to be paying so much for something that was slung at me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I um, mean, if something was, was gently presented with fine silverware, maybe I would expect to be paying this price. Yeah. But you just, it just got slang. It just I still paid that amount of money. Yeah. Isn't there a sling discount? I mean, <laughs> you just like sliding this down the bar on a hot plate. To me, uh, out of a food truck, the taco just got served to me on a bit of A4 printer paper, and I have to and I have to eat it with a with a repurposed guitar pick. Why am I paying fifty dollars? Exactly. I mean, that's the other thing. Is it kind of it's a nice way of um, of kind of misdirecting from the business of capitalism and and the food business in particular is like, uh, you know, what's happened here is somebody has identified a gap in the market, opened a restaurant, called Broadsheet, got a reviewer out, and uh, none of that's very fun and cool. It's all <laughs> it's all a bit calculated, and, and we're all suckers. But then it's like, oh, we're just slinging it out of a truck. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> like, I just got up this morning with my tussled hair and decided to sling a few tacos for my best mates. <laughs> Oh, you know, you know, you know. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. Who knows? Yeah. It's just that's just life, you yeah. know. Come between two and four, and I might be there if I'm not like <laughs> riding. If I'm not like, you know, hanging out with Jason Mraz, 
I might sling you a taco. <laughs> Me and uh, well, uh, Jack Johnson was on my couch, and I said to him, do you want to just sling some tacos today, Jack? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sling a few sandos. And that, the, I mean, just as a postscript to that, the latest thing that Broadsheet is, is on about is uh, mortadella, uh, okay. which apparently, according to Broadsheet, is quote-unquote having a moment right now in Melbourne. Oh, no, I couldn't read that. <laughs> Fucking hell. That <laughs> made me so, I hate that expression. Yeah. Just quietly, guys, putting it out there. <laughs> Mortadella's having a moment right now. Fuck off it is. I mean, it is because Guys, you're promoting it. Like, you know. No cap. Yeah, exactly. Can we get a drip check on that sweet mortar sando? Fuck off. <laughs> um, I mean, when I was, when I was uh, younger, mortadella was like the Italian equivalent of like bung fritz. It's like cheap deli meat, but now... You're paying a premium for it because Broadsheets decided it's having a moment, RN. <laughs> I'm sure that when you ring Broadsheet and you say, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna I'm about to open like a kimchi burger shop um, in a disused toxic waste facility," um, can I get a Broadsheet <laughs> article, please? Yeah. I'm sure they go, "Yeah, of course, we'd love to do that." Now, just so you know. Um, if you want a slingin', that's going to cost you two thousand eight Australian dollars per slingin'. Uh, and we're having a special this week on uh, having a moment. Yeah, so we can throw in a having a moment for you. It's usually four thousand dollars for a having a moment. It's down to three thousand this week. So what'd you, what did you what did you say you were what did you say you were you were cooking up? Oh, it's kimchi hamburgers in a in a disused toxic waste facility. Yeah, yeah. So you might want something like um, kimchi. Burgers in disused toxic waste factories are having a moment right now. We do that for three thousand Australian dollars this week for you, and uh, we could say that you're slinging those burgers yeah. if you like. Uh, it's another two on top of that, so you're looking at around five and a half thousand dollars uh, for those two parts of the article. Yeah, okay, no worries. Yeah, cool. Uh, that's that's true to my vision. <laughs> that's that's aligned with my purpose. <laughs> And if you want to, if you want us to refer to your uh, restaurant as secret or <laughs> or under the radar, despite the fact that we yeah. that a major publication is writing a piece about it, then that's going to cost you two thousand dollars. Could you say that my kimchi burger toxic waste facility has a speakeasy vibe? Yeah, Could and you- they'd say that doesn't make any sense, but we definitely will. <laughs> Could you use the words gritty and rooftop, please? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's We throw that in for free. That's in literally every one of our articles. That's compliment. That is complimentary. <laughs> um, but you better get in quick because we're almost sold out of slingins for the next edition. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just had a call before and uh, a uh, hot dog stand in a shipping container on the outskirts of the city, bought three slingins. So there's only two left this week. Yeah. <laughs> I'd just like him to say, just to say, yeah, it turns out that, you know, like having a $40 steak at the casino is having a moment right now. <laughs> Thank you.
Hi to all you don't praisers out there. We want to say thanks again for tuning in to episode number 35 of Don't Praise the Machine with myself, Alexander Holland, and my number one pod brother, We've enjoyed having you so much for 35 episodes of Don't Praise the Machine. Next week, we want to see you again for episode number 36. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning into the podcast. We'll catch you next week at the podcast.